big telecom provider, a big retailer, whoever at this point could put their name on someone else's service and offer it as a value add to a bundle of other products and services they're selling. That was Tim Courtney, Vice President Sales and Business Development for Further Enterprise Solutions regarding how the wholesale fiber business could usher in a new set of broadband service providers. Hi, I'm Jeff Johnston, and welcome to the All Day Digital Podcast, where we talk to industry executives and thought leaders to get their perspective on a wide range of factors shaping the communications industry. This podcast is brought to you by CoBank's Knowledge Exchange Group. We're starting to hear more about fiber networks being offered in a wholesale capacity, enabling a wide range of companies to offer broadband service. Think about a wireless operator bundling fiber to the home with their wireless service, or Amazon bundling fiber broadband with their Amazon Prime service. Tim's visionary perspective and extensive experience in building and managing both wired and wireless networks makes him a great guest to discuss the puts and takes of the wholesale fiber network business. So, without any further ado, pitter-patter, let's hear what Tim has to say. Tim Courtney, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you back with us again today. Thanks, Jeff. Always good to chat with you. Talk tech. So uh, much appreciated. Awesome. Great, great. Well, hey, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you today about wholesale fiber networks because that's something that, you know, I've been reading about a little bit more recently and, you know, it's sort of a, a really intriguing business model and and I'm, I'm anxious to get your perspective on a number of different things related to this this uh, this wholesale fiber business, but uh, just to kind of level set us here, Tim, maybe you can just sort of explain what a wholesale fiber network is, and you know, to the extent you have any thoughts or insight into some of the major players. I know it's sort of an emerging space, but um, maybe just kind of let us get a better understanding of what this stuff is and who the main players are. Yeah. So again, my background's more coax, cable TV, and primarily wireless, but we're seeing you know fiber become more and more important part of the offering. You know, T-Mobile has done their press release and their partners and their offering to the home. So obviously Verizon with Fios and AT&T, with Uverse, they have their offerings too. So as it relates to wholesale, you can imagine that there's some companies that are trying to break into the fiber space, not on the retail side, but I'm seeing business models and pitches as it relates to the wholesale model. Uh, the wholesale model, you know, you're not owning the end customer, right? A big telecom provider, a big retailer, whoever at this point could put their name on someone else's service and offer it as a value add to a bundle of other products and services they're selling. As you and I have talked in the past, it looks like the triple play, quad play speeches are over and it's a bundle. And the bundle is mobile and internet. So that's why there's a lot of interest in getting internet to the home in business and bundling that with your mobile phone service. So could a, a company come into a neighborhood that doesn't have fiber and I'm pro not overbuilding fiber. So I would say first mover advantage, getting fiber to the home uh, would be key. And then the wholesale provider would, you know, put that fiber from the house to the curb 
uh, the curb to the central office and then into the cloud. And I've seen some wholesale business cases where, you know, they're encouraging the homeowner to own the fiber to the curb, uh, just like you own your, in, at least in Pennsylvania, you own the water line and sewer line. You don't own the electric or communication line today. And then maybe the city or a third party picks it up from the curb and brings it to the central office and then gets into the internet cloud. So there was a bunch of different models, but I, I think the wholesale Instead of competing uh, on the retail level, you know, you design it, you build it, and you maintain it. Once you're wholesale, you can sell it to maybe dozens of potential customers as opposed to retail. Yeah, no, that that's that's great. No, because I think you make a really uh, important point around around the bundle, right? Because we've seen we've seen the cable operators, Comcast and Charter, wholesale wireless capacity from Verizon, and my goodness. I mean, the success that those guys are having acquiring smartphone subscribers is, I mean, it's nothing short of impressive, right? Absolutely. You're, you're seeing cable use the, the wireless networks, as you said, for wholesale. And then, you know, maybe we'll see the wireless companies flip and use third parties for fiber wholesale. So it's definitely uh, good for the consumer, right? More choices. And you can see lower pricing you know comcast is definitely been putting out their marketing message you know go with us not the wireless guys so if i'm a wholesale provider and i'm looking at a market that's uh, underserved or unserved and i build fiber to the home in a wholesale capacity i mean am i am i opening that up i guess this can look a lot of different ways so just to kind of you can opine on this a little bit would it be like i would give an exclusive to you know, one partner, so one company that wanted to provide fiber to the home service uh, as a retail play, or do you think it would be, I'm the wholesale provider, I'm going to make this neighborhood network, fiber to the home network available to multiple companies that want to provide a retail broadband play? I think everything you just said is viable, but I think based on your experience and my experience in building towers, we would never build a tower unless we had an anchor tenant, let's say. So I think the model we'll see is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. carrier X, be my anchor tenant into this neighborhood, and I'll give you 30, 60, 90, 180 days to sign up customers in this neighborhood. After that time expires, then I'm going to sell that wholesale home to anyone available. I think it's a combination of both. So that's really interesting because you could have multiple companies using the same assets to provide the same service so there's no differentiation whatsoever in terms of that fiber experience fiber to the home how does one company beat another company out i mean i guess price is one way to do it but how do you think about that this is comes up all the time is an engineer one big network is more efficient than a bunch of smaller networks from a capital and opex now putting the redundancy aside etc but if you look at the analogy i use is there's 10,000 trucking companies in the us and they all use the same road network right so you know are you catering to a ge geography price service hours nights weekends there's a lot of differentiation 
between those 10,000 trucking companies. So, you know, talking about three or four companies sharing an asset, I would say, hey, there's 10,000 companies sharing the, the road network in the U.S. And, uh, you know, people aren't building, trucking companies don't build private roads, right? Yeah, no, that, that's a good analogy. I guess where they could differentiate is they got bigger trucks, they got better trucks, they got faster trucks, they're more reliable and things like that. But I would think, when you kind of alluded to this, and I'd like to expand on it, bundling, right? So what else can you do with that fiber to the home service? And I would think, you know, if I'm Amazon, for example, wouldn't I want to potentially offer fiber to the home on a wholesale network that I can bundle with Prime? So at the end of the day, I want more Prime customers. Maybe I'm able to subsidize the cost a little bit or be a little more competitive and bundle it with Prime and, and win that way. How do you think about that? I think any retail brand should look about offering these services, mm-hmm. right? Who would have thought five, six, seven years ago that you would get your Netflix from T-Mobile mm-hmm. and now any wireless operator, you can bundle in your video services, Yeah, right? So, you know, you're looking at, you know, Verizon, AT&T and T-Mobile, not just as a mobile phone provider, Right. You're looking at them, a entertainment provider, along with the mobile phone offering, let's say. Yeah. Uh, again, to, to keep your customer sticky, strong retail. It could be a car company. It could be a credit card company. It could be shopping, Amazon, Walmart, for example. And any of those type of bundles, I can see, you know, getting your, your internet or phone service from. Obviously, I don't even know the nitty gritty of this from a finance perspective, but I'd just love to get your thoughts. So, okay, if there's an unserved market, one option is to build a fiber to the home network and provide retail service as a, you know, as a strategy. So you've got to have billing and customer service and all that kind of stuff. Then obviously the other option, which we're talking about today is wholesale. So how do you think about like, you know, if you're going to deploy capital in a market, how do you think about the puts and takes of you know, the economics of it. I mean, do you think it's that much more profitable to provide wholesale versus providing retail? It's definitely not more profitable and you have to have a longer financial return. This is long-term, you know, low margins, kind of, you know, buying a U.S. Treasury bond, let's say, you know, very conservative, uh, very long-term. If you and I built a fiber network, could we do it cheaper than the big guys with all their overhead? Absolutely. We could definitely go build it. But when all three carriers offer fixed wireless, some offer uh, fiber, that'll be expanding, right? Yeah. So once they come in with a bundle, a pure play uh, fiber provider is going to be at the risk. And I'm already here picking this up, you know, the WIS for example, are getting churned out with the big carriers because they're bringing in their fixed wireless, bundling with mobile. The consumer sees the value of buying two things to save money as opposed to getting the, you know, could be their neighbor who built the WISP network, but they're leaving that network. Nothing wrong with that network, but at the end of the day, a lot of these surveys I see, price is a, a key driver. The bundling is going to pay off. And again, as you mentioned, the cable TV guys are doing it. And now we've got the the major wireless carriers bundling their fixed and 
fixed wireless offering into that same bundle. It's like, do you want to have a hundred percent of of the whole market? You know, in a, when I say market in a neighborhood, let's just say, or close to a hundred percent, because it's in a wholesale capacity, and there's multiple companies providing service on your network. Would you rather have that with you know? lower margins or would you rather have 30% or 20% of a market with higher margins? You just got to look at the numbers, but from a risk profile standpoint, longer term, um, it would feel like, yeah, it, it this is a much more lower risk strategy that's, uh, you know, should be very stable for many years to come. Well, the analogy I use is, do you want to compete against Amazon head on head to head, or would you love to deliver Amazon's packages for the next 20 years? Probably a better bet to deliver the packages than try to compete against them. And, you know, too, like in our business, we're dealing with a lot of, you know, capital raised, you know, capital players, investors and things like that. And I will tell you, infrastructure funds, so these big, big infrastructure funds that have raised billions of dollars to invest in the U.S., you know, they have a, uh, I think, a more reasonable return requirement, and they also have a much longer term time horizon. So there's capital out there, I would imagine. Uh, to fund these kind of business models, um, even though they may not be super sexy with super high margins. Especially if you can get an anchor tenant, back to your original question or earlier question, if you get a major you know, Fortune 100 company as the anchor, I would assume financing would be a heck of a lot easier with that as opposed to Joe's five and dime that, you know, could disappear tomorrow potentially. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like you mentioned towers before. I know that if you're building a rural tower and if you've got one anchor tenant, funding that tower is usually not a problem. I mean, you can usually get access to capital because these are long-term leases with great credit tenants and so forth. So it feels like this would be a uh, unserved and underserved market approach only, right? Could like existing fiber networks and suburban and urban areas get overbuilt with a wholesale provider, or do you think that's unlikely? Ideally, I'd like to see it, you know, as a taxpayer and wanting to make sure everyone gets internet access, I'd like to see it as underserved or non-served. But I think there there's enough momentum that you could see some overbuilding potentially. Hopefully not a lot, but I can see some of those models, especially with the carriers that have done very well with fixed wireless access. Mm-hmm. You know, the high end users. I, I, if I was a carrier, I'd want to convert those to fiber as quick as I could, so I could offer fixed wireless service to even more people in the neighborhood if I can get those high users out of the pool. And those might be in areas where there's coax, potential competition. Fiber, again, I wouldn't be keen to invest in a company that was just gonna overbuild fiber. I'm a big believer that, you know, once you have fiber, you know, that's the, the gold standard in internet access. For sure, you mentioned fixed wireless, that's a good point because I think that T-Mobile said that on one of their conference calls that over half of their fixed wireless additions were in urban and suburban markets where they took share from cable. So presumably those are um, HFC, hybrid fiber coax. So yeah, I could see where it would make sense in those scenarios whereby if you're a T-Mobile, for example, you know, partnering with a wholesale provider that's going to build fiber in those markets and then migrating your fixed wireless customers off of them, off of there would be good because presumably over the long haul, those fixed wireless customers that T-Mobile acquired and from cable, I mean, they could be vulnerable, right? Because 
if, if if there is a good chance someone's going to overbuild fiber, whether it's a wholesale network or a retail network, most likely somebody's going to overbuild fiber in some of those networks. Is that, is that the right way to think about it? Yeah, yeah, we've seen some very limited. I've seen some very limited uh, overbuilding, but it, again, to have a business strategy, you know, are you going to get fifty percent? Is it going to be fifty fifty? Yeah. Is it going to be a price war? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's difficult uh, from that standpoint. Again, you know, DSL, that's a no-brainer. Coax, that's even tough. You know, the cable guys are defending their territory very well. And then fiber, it's just, it's even harder, I would say. If it's priced right, it's going to be hard to churn someone off fiber. But again, if you're leveraging the bundle, your mobile phone plus fiber, mobile phone plus fixed wireless, you may have a, a, a very good incentive to, to move. Sure. Yeah. And I guess if you, you know, if you believe your comments on coax, if you, if you believe in everything these cable operators have been saying about DOCSIS 4.0 and how they're going to be able to upgrade networks at an average or passings at an average cost of 100 to 200 bucks, I mean, and with symmetrical gig speed, I mean, that all sounds really good. I mean, if that, if it ends up playing out that way, these um, networks could still be very viable for a long time. Yeah, I'm, I'm not hung up so much on the speed. The data I'm looking at, it, it's more the reliability between coax, DSL, fixed wireless fiber. Reliability is probably one of the number one things to look at. For example, I use, you know, one and a half to two terabytes of data at the home. You know, I'm probably in the top 1% in terms of the usage. But I look at my peak speeds, I barely hit 50 megabits. So, hey, Tim, so who gets hurt in all of this? Like, uh, I mean, uh, is there is there a companies or industry or anything that we should be aware of where they're exposed to this whole wholesale business model? Or is it, uh, I don't know, who, who gets hurt, I guess? The one trick ponies, right? The, the mom, pa type operators that have been doing a, a great service to you know, the rural suburban marketplace for many decades on end, right? The AT&T, Verizon, Spectrums, uh, the Comcast, they need to grow their subscriber base, right? And they're going to start coming out into the rural markets with their bundles. So I would say if you can't offer a landline and mobile, you're, you're vulnerable. You and I saw this in the early 2000s, right? How many WISP, right? The, the ARTs uh, of the world, the ricochets, et cetera. When you're a data-only plane, you didn't have voice to bundle it. It, it, it came and went. So having multiple service offerings, um, you're less vulnerable, let's say. But having a single only a wireless internet or just an internet service provider, you're going to be vulnerable. You, know, you mentioned the the big guys, and if I look at what's happening there, you know you're seeing you're seeing AT and T open to uh, receiving external capital and and partnerships to build out fiber networks. Uh, they're clearly you know not so much hell bent on owning the whole network and then managing the entire experience. You're seeing a willingness to maybe uh, outsource some of that. So this sort of lines up with that strategy, right? Correct. If you have three services, maybe you make profit on one and break even on the other two. Yep. Right. And and trying to compete with someone that's break even that that's tough on just that one service. So 
Cool. Fascinating stuff. The bundle is back. The bundle is back. Yep. Just, just we're down to two though, right? It's not it's not the triple, it's not the quad we heard about. It's it's just down to the basic two. My mobile phone and home internet browsing. Yeah, that's it. Small business internet browsing. So this has been great, Tim. We've covered a lot of, of relevant stuff here. But before we wrap it up, I want to just give you an opportunity to, you know, share any final thoughts. I would just say this is a great time to to be consumer. We're getting more choice thanks to the big wireless carriers with their fixed wireless offering and AT&T bringing more fiber to America. And then the, the cable TV guys stepping up, offering us mobile phone service and Doxus 4.0. So the, the choice, the competition has is, is never been better in America to, to get onto the internet. So. Um, I commend all those companies that are making those investments to to provide internet to everyone. Yeah, it's been really refreshing in this crazy inflationary environment we've found ourselves in over the last year or so. Uh, if you look at communication services, you know, we're not feeling the effects of that there. So that's uh, uh, a one bright spot and an otherwise certainly challenging environment for a lot of Americans with with higher prices. So it's been real good. Couldn't agree with you more. All right, Tim. Well, thanks again for being on again. Uh, you're an awesome guest and well, I love to get your insights. So appreciate you making the time to be with us here today. You got it. Thanks, Jeff. A special thanks goes out to Tim for joining us on the podcast today. My two big takeaways from talking to Tim are one, bundling services is going to become increasingly important, but it's all about the wireless and home broadband bundle. The triple and quad bundles are a thing of the past. And two, a fiber wholesale strategy could be a compelling one for those looking for a long-term, relatively low-risk investment with modest returns. Of course, market conditions always play a role, but if a wholesale fiber network is built in an unserved or underserved market, chances are the competitive threat should be fairly limited. Hey, thanks for joining me today, and watch out for the next episode of the All Day Digital Podcast. The information provided in this podcast is not intended to be investment, tax, or legal advice and should not be relied upon by listeners for such purposes. The information contained in this podcast has been compiled from what CoBank regards as reliable sources. However, CoBank does not make any representation or warranty regarding the content and disclaims any responsibility for the information materials, third-party opinions, and data included in this podcast. In no event will CoBank be liable for any decision made or actions taken by any person or persons relying on the information contained in this podcast.